Hey there, welcome to the show. Before we kick in to, well, the Cantori show with Chris and Merrill. It's, uh, it's Cantori here with my dog Bailey on my lap. Say hi, Bailey. Hmm, not feeling talkative today. Uh, before we kick in, do you want to thank our sponsors, March and Ash. You can find them online at marchandash.com or in Mission Valley, Vista, and out in Imperial County. Coming to, uh, to City Heights and it's San Diego's premiere. There's a lot of them out there, cannabis dispensaries, but this is the one. If you need to venture to one, this is the one to go to, March and Ash. It's, uh, it's like shopping at the Apple Store. Safe, convenient, and uh, the staff's insane. You can also do the curbside pickup or delivery, all available at marchandash.com. Also want to thank the homies over at Baja Bound Mexican Auto Insurance. Yes, there is a travel ban in place. We're not able to go down to Baja unless we own property down there or do business down there, which a lot of people do, especially here in San Diego. So if you are venturing south of the border, BajaBound.com. One-stop shop. Been in service since the 90s. Nothing better. They'll take care of you and all your belongings. Well, most of them. And again, it's BajaBound.com. And finally, uh, one of my favorite subjects, ice cream. I want to thank Mariposa Ice Cream. It's hot. It's the summer. We're in this nasty heat wave right now, at least a San Diego version of a heat wave. And if you're looking for some relief outside of the ocean, uh, visit my friends at Mariposa Ice Cream. Hands down, the best homemade ice cream on the planet in business for 20 years adams avenue temecula murrieta it's on Off we go. This is our new setup here. Yay, I love it. We actually, uh, we're getting more professional. Yes. By the uh, by the week. By the minute. By the minute. And you even did the Monday morning perfect coffee spill too. Yeah, we're recording on Mondays and pushing out our stuff throughout the week. And as I was getting set up and Meryl was complimenting my new table, <laughs> I spilled an entire coffee on said table. But how about this table? It is a very sturdy, beautiful table. Antique-like. Yeah, it looks very antique, and it's uh, a beautiful brown. But I, what I like most about it is the surface space. Yes. It's like, it, it's you could tell it was made back in the olden days because yes. it was for larger families. Before this, we were using um, just this pop-up plastic table right. that was always collapsing around us. <laughs> I, I had my dog out on a walk, and I noticed this table on the side of the road. And I said, are you kidding me? I know. It's gorgeous. I need to have it. Yeah. So I went out and uh, I got it. Right. And it has some white legs that I feel like you will paint a different color. No, I'm going to leave them no. white. <laughs> no, I'm really? leaving them white. Okay. Well, maybe they could use. I'll I think they I'll look amazing. White. I'll take some white out and just like smear it all over. No, I think they look insane. So <laughs> the plan is to convert this rumor into a full facility and this is our first time where we're both wearing headphones. Yeah. And we're, we're pumping our whole show through a console. I know. Like this is like our radio board. Yep. And I have the ability now for the first time, Meryl, to play audio. What? Yes, during our show. Oh, you're for real DJing it. For example, you know, we want to bring back the good news and to tell me something good. Yep. I've got one here. A guy near San Francisco left a waiter a $1,000 tip. And then gave the restaurant's host another four hundred bucks on his way out. Whoa! Had to be a tech tech giant or a tech yeah. guy or woman of some sort. Or it says guy. It was a Venmo challenge thing where you ask friends to donate. Oh, I didn't know about yeah. this. A couple of bucks to pay it forward and give it away. Yes. Here's the exchange. I've asked everybody on all my social media to Venmo me at least 50 cents. And we're going to go out and tip a random server. You just so happened to be that person and took care of us really well. So we raised $1,000 for you. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, 
on the way out, we wanted to tip the host too. So it just puts your hand out and we raised 400. Thank you so much, bro. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It's really cool. Are, do you know David Dobrik? Have you ever heard of him? No. He's a YouTube star, and I feel like he's helping to lead the trend of like the YouTubers and the TikTokers and all that stuff of doing this, where they'll find someone that has been working really hard or needs something, and then they'll give them a Tesla or give them, you know, everyone I will pitch that. it on Venmo. Yeah. The ones I don't like is I don't like the ones where they give like the home a homeless person. Right, they film them. <laughs> they, yes. film, they film their own face while they're giving something. It's <laughs> just it's it feels like exploitation at its yeah. finest. Yeah. My question is, do people have big Venmo communities? Maybe because I deal with so little little amounts of money. Mine's very small. <laughs> I have a very intimate Venmo community. I think I think it's an easy way for people to find each other and just give their give a handle. Um, that's definitely a trend I've seen on TikTok. Is like people saying, "Like my Venmo is this. Help me send money." Really? Yeah. Maybe so, you could go on it and say. So people are using <laughs> it just as a tool to generate. Obviously, I know people use it to generate income and do commerce and business, but I didn't realize they were actually using it as a way for charity. Yes. Like, hey, go to my, hit me up on my Venmo yep. and give me money. I dare you to put yourself uh, on Venmo and say. No. You should make a sad video about like your radio career. No. Like the Sarah See, McLaughlin I can't music do or that. something. The Sarah it's, McLaughlin. <laughs> people would go, people would say, I'm in my 50s. I'm a, I'm a radio person. People Show would my bank account. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> See, I could never do that. It's you too could, pathetic. No, it's too funny. There's one time I did put up something that was funny about, um, it was like, uh, here's my Venmo. Send me $5 for nudes now or $20 not to post one or something like that. Okay. It was a joke meme. And someone actually slid into my Venmo and Venmoed me five bucks. Really? And they were like, where's my nude? <laughs> and I'm like, it ain't happening. Take your five bucks back. But the fact that somebody was actually giving me money through i don't know it was i just, mean i see it on there's a, there's a radio person that sells her nudes on instagram around here so yeah i'd give seriously I'd, yeah i'd pay her not to not to see That's it a, yeah do i know this person <laughs> yeah i think so she pay she actually takes money and 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 she and gives like, nudes of herself i think they're supposed to be like sexy bourgeois photos but okay. really they're like do they show nip i mean they show like chlamydia and stuff like that ah! but yeah <laughs> Too much, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm sure everyone could figure out who they but, show yeah. crabs. Yes, yep. I don't know. Oh, I don't we'll want to go offline. down. There. I'll, I'll send you her Venmo handle. I'm good. <laughs> the Cantori Show. Cantori Show. I had a situation that I thought you'd appreciate. What? I was in L.A. and I was on Sunset Boulevard and I. I was at a light and I saw it like normally, you know, we see people all the time that are kind of standing in the medians and holding a sign and sometimes they have dogs and, sure. and it's always sad. It's and like in always, L.A., it's off the charts. It is right off now. the charts. Yeah. Do you read that story or see that story that went out recently about the elite of people are migrating out yeah, of Los Angeles? Definitely. A lot of the uber wealthy yeah. are leaving for Nashville and Texas. Yeah. That's where they're all going. I've seen a lot of Texas and I've also heard um montana and like idaho montana, those are yeah yep. it feels like new york and la people are just leaving but that's so funny because i just arrived i'm like hey where's the party well people are like i live in a a beautiful palace here in santa monica and i've got three dudes pissing on my wall yeah. or crapping on my lawn or whatever and people are like i'm done with it it's very sad it really so many is so people sad. are in the medians and the tent cities you think it's bad in san diego oh, it is yeah nothing like Los Angeles. I know. And I always feel bad. And I have to admit, sometimes I do also struggle with a little bit of the judgment. I You're definitely, not alone. Of, yeah, because I, I will see them. And especially... Why people are leaving. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're not alone. Right, right. People don't see an end or a solution in sight. And the homeless are just getting more empowered because people are blaming politics and saying it, it's the politicians don't let the the police officers. It's your go. boy Gruesome Newsome, and <laughs> or, or the mayor of Los Angeles, yeah. Garcetti, yeah, yeah, is saying to the police. These people have every right to set up these tent cities and you can't tell them the move. I know. And I've even seen um, since the pandemic, a lot of the feeders in L.A. since they're closed down. Now that makes for perfect encampments. So the other day I was driving down and I saw I forget what theater it was, but it was this beautiful pink one that was closed for business otherwise. But like beneath all the movie showtimes and everything, people had just set up now their camp. So I'm like, oh, these people are going to have to come back to their business. And sure. now like it's a whole new ball game because maybe there would have been one or two homeless people there before. But now it's 
it's like you know 40 people living there that's my point yeah, they're yeah, a yeah, city yeah yeah I, they, I, they have their own political structures and the whole bit <laughs> i know so so i always feel bad but i also am on the side of for whatever reason i i tend not to donate i just don't really have cash that much so i don't like give out cash as i'm sitting there in traffic and stuff so um, but I was I was at a traffic light and I saw this one guy and the way he was just like crumpled up against the, the, the floor made me like feel so bad for him. And so I don't know. He just reminded me of like, I, I mean, this is this is really bad to say, but he reminded me of an animal the way that he was like, oh, like no. I know, which is why I care. No, but, you care. Yeah, I actually actually... Had, honestly, I had compassion because he looked like a fawn that was like, like, like his legs were lamb. broken or something. Oh, yeah. No. So so and, and just the fact that a human being could be positioned on a busy day on a busy street like an animal it just really made me feel bad and it was a very hot day and i just was like uh, my heart really broke i and i i i feel like i'm kind of on the lower end of um feelings for that type of situation right you know you are yeah 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 i I, uh, I lack a little bit of compassion when it comes to that yeah and i I, I can't even look because i'll start crying i know you definitely have more compassion than i I I think of that indian in that one commercial with that tear that comes down when it gets trash thrown on yes i have that emotion times oh my god but if it was like a raccoon crossing the 15 i would like stop traffic and like crawl indiana yeah, jones style. i'd hit it i'd be like yeah <laughs> wrote it so this man was was just looked so beaten down and really really out of sorts and he looked in, in the category of like he can't work at walmart tomorrow like there's no job for him really he would need to like re- for real you know have a lot of steps before he was able to go back into society so i looked in my car and i was like i really want to give him something i don't have any cash on me i don't yeah, have any there. food on me the only thing i had was a newly purchased um one of those like I think it's called like Guayaki or Waikiki. I don't even know. It's like a big iced tea Herba drink. Mate. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it's like a white, a yellow, beautiful can. I think we all know. It's called like Enlightenment yeah. or whatever yeah, that yeah. that brand. Yeah. Um. So I had just purchased one like seconds before, and I had just taken one sip out of it. So I took one sip. I opened it, and I'm like, okay, this is a nice, cool beverage. I bet this maybe will help him, give him energy for the rest of the day. So I I called him over and I handed it to him, and I I you know he said, oh my gosh, thank you so much, and the other cars Aww. were kind of beeping behind me, and then. I drove away and I, I drove away. I thought like my luck, what if I gave him Corona? <laughs> <laughs> like what? Are, no. I haven't been tested. I don't I'm probably a super spreader. Who knows? No, don't say that in my presence. First I know, of I all, know, that's true. Yeah. As we're sharing a table. I had a breakdown last week because we did a podcast and then I did another podcast. Oh, you're spreading. And we don't wear masks when we podcast. No. I mean, we're distanced. But that being said, you know, it, it, people would say we should be wearing masks right now. And oh I had a gosh. dude come down here who's 32, you know, totally in shape. He, he runs marathons, runs his own company. He came in without a mask, and I just felt like a douchebag. I didn't want to say, hey, man, I, I take extra yeah, precautions yeah. when you put this on. So we did the whole podcast, and it was like 150 degrees in this room, and all I could think was, COVID right now is breeding. Oh, yeah. That is, yep. It's gr- like we're like in a Petri dish. Yes. And I'm catching whatever <laughs> he is giving off. Yeah. And I've been going to his Insta since, and, and I've been seeing him running up mountains and jogging and biking and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. He's good. Yeah, he's I'm still good. still functioning. That being said, I'll tell you what makes me sad is when I do see homeless people wearing masks for some reason. Oh, really? Because I think of all the entitled people out there that think they're too good for masks or mm-hmm. they, they they don't they question this and I and if you're one of those people you know that's that's your deal but uh, whether it's because you question the science uh, you, you don't want to have your rights taken away right whatever the reason is for some reason when I see a homeless person actually taking the precautions yeah it speaks volumes to me yeah it says to me that that person's in that position he or she does not want to be in that position and they're worried about i know people around them and and you have to think too those people aren't glued to the news 24 7 so i could only imagine like what they're hearing and who they're hearing it from and and then i could i could also see it a lot i see a lot of homeless people wearing masks and pushing their carts yeah and it breaks my heart. It's like, dude, 
I fight with my friend Kent and Angela on Facebook about <laughs> wearing a mask, and here's a homeless guy wearing yeah. one. Why, why is there such a fight? I don't know. No, I would call myself a compliant anti-masker in the way where I don't I don't love it as much as I think some people do. I wouldn't like make my profile like me as I'm wearing a mask. Right. I'm a superhero. Like I hate masks. I think they're stupid, but I will wear one, and I and I understand it. It's a respect issue. Yeah, to I, me. I still. I mean, this is a whole other thing, but like cloth masks and like I think it has to be the right kind. Me too. But I, think I don't think cloth masks work. No, I mean lots of people do, and that's definitely the kind that they're selling a lot. And then even like or those, the bandanas yeah, or, or even the, like the, the nef- gaiters. Yeah, they're saying that that like spreads. I laughed yesterday because there was a an article about how that may even like spread the virus more because it almost like acts as an aerosol where it like puts it out more. So it, it kind and of... it's 150 degrees out. Who's yeah. wearing a neck warmer? But I still do it and I still just wear it because it's also, I feel like of all the battles to fight, this is not the one to I agree fight. with and, that. And if it's three years from now and the virus is done and we still have, now it's like a weird mask thing all the time, then I would be part of the crew that's like, wait, what, what's up? But for now it makes sense. You know, for now it makes and sense. And my thing is, okay... Say science does come out you know, years and whatever down the line, and it comes out that the masks were useless mm-hmm. and a big joke, and no, the science was wrong. I'd be all right with that. I'd be all right with it. You know what? I wouldn't be all right with though, and this is uh, people using it as a gauge of like do it because that means like you don't or you're a good person if you I don't right. know the, the virtue signaling the around virtue it so signaling. it's almost like yeah the the masks I understand and I have no emotion towards it's the weird like do this or else you're a bad person because I yeah. also think too if is that are those people going to like stand by okay fast food is really bad are you going to like stand at right. Burger King and knock the hamburgers out of people's hands like it's just kind of weird so and I know there are people that think I'm a heathen for going to the beach that I yeah, should be locked up goes, in my house yeah. right now I had I had a, a, a two friends up in LA that wouldn't see me they they said no thank you and they they were able to see one of my friends but the difference is like my friend doesn't post what he does on social media like he's been to palm springs and back and forth i post it so it's like they're they're like you kind of like don't know what you're doing you know the only thing i can relate it to is during my time when i lived in pb and i was getting laid a lot this is before i met my (laughs) wife And, and the only reason was is because i was on the radio and i remember hooking up with girls and before I would, I'd be doing my my mental research. Oh, yeah. And, and, and trying to figure out how many partners they've had. <laughs> when was the last time they hooked up? Is there any way that I could bring up a like an STD? Oh, my God. And see how they react or respond. Yeah. Or they'll be coming over and I would get like OCD in my head and just start wondering, I wonder who she's been with. Yeah. I have that similar, that same thing around COVID. I think a lot of people do. I think like the friends who I love so much and I, I don't blame them because they have children. But I did it my, with you. Yeah, people have yeah. done it with me I, yeah. because I joked around that I feel like I'm like a fox with mange because cause, cause I am very like, I would be considered dirty. Like I'm a, I'm a You're out and about. I'm a, I'm a slut. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I'm that's a, my I'm point. A, I'm a viral slut. Is I found myself kind of doing the mental check with yeah. you going... Am I putting myself at risk right now? Quite like, possibly. Yeah, but you could be putting yourself at risk too. I was yeah. at the beach last night in a crowded parking Definitely. lot. Definitely. So it, it's it's double sided, and it's just part of the madness. Yeah. I'm just more referring <laughs> to the the mental shit you go through. Yes. And then what's interesting too is you you violate this. Is, I'm speaking from experience. You break a CDC law, if uh-huh. you will, and then I start feeling guilt. And I'm like, I can't believe I did that. I should know better. I get down on myself. Really? And then a couple of days pass. I'm symptom free. And it's like, <laughs> back at it. <laughs> but then like, I don't know. The anxiety, the, the one shortness of breath. It's like, it's here. Oh my gosh. But yeah. That's I, me I, with a sore throat. Oh, okay. Like if I smoke too much weed or something, <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I just, I have no more mental energy for it. Yeah, I get that. I go in and out though. I read one story and it just spins me and sends me down into a bad place. Uh-huh. And then I come back to a good place and it's just, it's a fucking roller coaster. Yeah, it is. Check the mic. One, two, one, two. The Cantori Show. Cantori Show. Everyone want to feel Yes, I wanted to talk about, uh, we got so many nice comments, people just telling us how much we mean to them, which means the world to us. And brought I, you to tears. It brought me to tears, and I cried and made a video out of it, and then I got distracted by how my cleavage looked in that video. Cantori. I didn't notice that. And I saw the, the mascara running. Yeah. And then you always do this thing where you put your hand on the side of your face. Really? Yeah, you I didn't put your notice hand that. on the side of your face, and you're really going to get serious or emotional like I'm doing right now. Oh my gosh. 
All right, so uh, coming up next here, you're going to hear me, Meryl. T- talk <laughs> Don't to, be mad. Talk to some teachers. I'm not mad. But you Why always, it's so funny, you always message or tell me like what's going on in your life, and then you're always like, thanks for asking. <laughs> no, that was just the COVID results. I know, but uh, you I never know. called for a follow-up. Oh, my God. I think we would have all known if you got positive. We would have all been on the trip together, I think. Do you think I would go public if i Are was you positive kidding? It, it would be you'd be like rent a billboard to announce it to san diego <laughs> <laughs> you would there would be a lot created around i would it. get someone to do a cameo yeah to oh it. totally you know my fr- i've got a buddy do you know that guy it's it's crazy his, his name's um cameron crow no adam gimbal yeah is geezer? it Adam Gimbel? Yeah, 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 this geezer. Yeah, he he dresses. He does a Weezer tribute, but dressed like all old men. So he has cancer now. He does. I didn't know that. Yeah, oh. I'm not sure. Maybe lymphoma. Oof. Yeah, it's horrible. But he hired someone to, to tell the public via cameo. Are you? Of course he would. He's so funny. Let me see. He's it's, amazing. Let me find. You know who it was? It was the lead singer of the Spin Doctors. Really? He hired. Yeah. Oh he, my god, I love him. That's amazing. That's like the best ever. The singer of the Spin Doctors. Adam's gonna get better because he's just one of those. People. I love that guy. Yeah, he's, me too. He's an he's a really good dude, and I wish him the best. And I'm sure he will get better. There's no doubt. I'm trying to find the video if it's here. It was the f- the craziest and funniest that, and most creative way. <laughs> that may be like the best announcement of all time. Of telling people that you have cancer <laughs> yeah. is by just getting, in general. Just the singer of Spin Doctors of all bands. Why the Spin Doctors? Here it is, Chris Barron. Amazing. Hey, this is a cameo from Adam to all of his friends. Guys, just want you to know. Adam's okay, he's gonna be all right, but he's got lymphoma. Totally treatable, gonna be just fine. Personally, I think this is a very weird way to tell all of you guys this, but Adam seems to have, you know, kind of a quirky sense of humor. And, um, you know, I'm, I am not a doctor, but I play one on the radio, so I think I am qualified to let you guys know, but um, I wanna emphasize that Adam's okay. Aww. He asked me Isn't to that cool? sing with you. Your friend, Adam's got lymphoma. It's on his spleen now. Chemo's gonna kill it soon now. <laughs> it's his vaccine, yeah. I think this is kind of a weird way to tell you. But that's Adam, I guess. He's a comedian and he seems to know what is best now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That is like uh, that is the best sense of humor I've ever heard. Uh, truly, like I feel like that's funny, like down to my bones. Isn't that great? Yeah, I really, really, really appreciate that. I'm so glad I shared that and get well, Adam. Yeah, we Gimbal. love you, Adam. Yeah, we're not the spin doctors guy, but we still too love much, you. too much. How did we even get into that? I don't even remember. I don't know either. Cameo, oh cameo, my gosh. talking. Oh, 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 because you w- you would have oh, also hired that the guy world. to have COVID. Yeah, yeah. Who would I have hired? Who would I hire to release the news? Um, oh, you know who would be a really good one? Who is the one that you freaked out over the 60 minutes guy the oh news, because he would deliver it like a, a like real a news, news story. story yeah and that's like your idol too that's so. really funny <laughs> yeah. uh, that would actually be very good scott Pillay. yeah you loved him yeah that's that was a- the only time on the radio i've seen you get nervous that's freak hilarious out. Uh, yeah scott Pillay or anthony michael hall oh yeah from he would 16 be, yes. candles yeah. he'd be perfect <laughs> but uh no everything's cool but I did. Uh, I did talk to some teachers. Cool. And um, they could share any news for you. No, they. Um, I wanted to find out. It's back to school week for my for my daughter, and I wanted to talk to teachers how they feel about going oh, yeah. back. Well, no one's going back. Yeah. So that's why I, I was so confused. So all of San Diego, no schools are open, or only it's private all, schools. It's all or? virtual learning and for right everyone. Now, for everyone, and the private schools are campaigning to open up the classrooms yep. in, in like a month. Yeah. But for the time being, teachers, it's all virtual. And I talked to a handful of San Diego teachers about their experience, about how they feel about virtual learning, how they feel about potentially going back into the classroom. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to share those those discussions here next. Ooh. Is that okay with you? I would you? love to hear that. All right. <laughs> Have you seen Junior's grades? I hope you know that this will go down on your permanent record. I'm gonna sit, yeah. So I'm talking to uh, 
to Gretel here, and uh, thank you for taking time, and thank you for doing what you do, a a 19-year veteran uh, teacher on with us right now, and uh, appreciate you very much. Thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate just the platform to be able to share as a teacher, so thank you. Yeah, kind of going through and talking to a bunch in our community, and uh, how are you feeling during this time? I'm genuinely curious. Um, personally, I'm, I'm comfortable with technology, um, but on a social justice level, I, I'm worried about our students that don't have access. Right. I think we're in a situation where, um, we really got to be cautious about that. We're not grading privilege, um, that we're actually finding innovative ways, um, to teach. And we also have to accept that. We may not be able to teach in the same traditional way that we've done before, and that might be a blessing in disguise. This is probably more about uh, connecting with the kids, making sure that they're mentally okay right now during this pandemic, um, and also just teaching from home. I have my own senior at home, and so we also have to kind uh, kind of work through our own emotional trauma of being a teacher and having to go on technology and keeping ourselves safe. I'm blessed that I'm in a district that allows me to do this work at home and keeps everyone safe. And we still have teachers fighting not to be forced to be exposed in the classroom. Sure. Uh, So there's still negotiations going on for some other districts, but I'm grateful that our district and our union worked something out. So you would not want to be one of those teachers back in the classroom at this time, needless to say. Absolutely not. I've, I've already, I had students write letters to me, um, to introduce themselves because I really think that you can teach when you know the student and you have you build a rapport and a lot of them are talking about um, job losses and they've already suffered death Um, multiple family members have already died and especially in Mexico I have a lot of students that are uh, travel back and forth and they they're mentioning that the numbers are not being logged in by Mexico accurately, that there's actually more deaths that they're noticing that's actually then being publicized. Yeah. And so when you're hearing that from kids, both on both sides, from the American side and on the other side of people getting sick and the end dying, you know that there's something still out there. This is not like a hoax. Um, We've had administrators lose um, siblings. I've already known one person in Puro Valley, that lost both had her mom just passed away all of them had covid in her house and they don't know how it happened because they were extremely cautious and careful they did not go out they didn't go to the restaurants so they don't know how they they got in contact with anyone to get them sick so yeah it's a um, common that's a common narrative that i hear anyone that i know that's covid positive the uh, the majority say they took the necessary precautions and you know here they are so and and i love my kids but you know they're kids and if adults are having a hard time with this distance um i can only imagine my kids that love to share soda and that touch each other and touch the desk it's just not going to be safe for them or me so and uh how do you plan to build just in a virtual capacity a connection with kids is do you, do you plan on having one-on-one Zooms with your students, basically? And what are the ages, generally speaking, of your students? I'm at a high school this year. Um, yeah, last year it was a middle school. I, I really ca- commend our middle school teachers because they're talking about how just the technology alone, the kids are struggling. Right. But for, for high school, they're a little bit more tech savvy, thank goodness. And I was so scared of my ELD who usually are English language learners. They're the kids that are brand new to the country and may not have all the access. I would say about each class, maybe about five or six of them are working from their phone. They're not working from a laptop yet or a computer. Wow. So they're doing whatever they can with their fingers to text essays. And so I was so worried about them but they've been amazing getting on and checking in with me i think what they needed was just an emotional connection because some of them even said i miss school (laughs) i want to be back on campus and my kids those are my kids my (laughs) kids miss school it's so 
That's why I wanted to talk to the teachers because I hear from the kids all the time, my kids. Yes, and I have a senior, and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't imagine being a senior, right? Last year, you know, they had to miss the graduation. Now my child is out there, and he doesn't get to do – he didn't get that feeling of what it's like to walk on campus on that first day. That's mine as a freshman. That's the same thing. I've got a ninth grader at home supposed to start (laughs) – and, uh, yeah, it's heartbreaking as a parent. Yeah. So what I've had to do, and I was shocked because all I did was um, talk to the kids, connect with them, and had them write a letter to me. And just me reading the letter and just giving them each one a positive response, I was overwhelmed with how many of them said, I show up to go to your class. Oh. I show up just for those five, ten minutes that you go on. Because we're taking exams sometimes when we're di- we're doing diagnostic exams. And sometimes there was just quick. We go online for maybe about 40 minutes, 45 minutes. And so the first week was just getting them acclimated to being online, what kind of programs we're going to be doing. I talked to them about who I am, where I'm from. And um, they... I was shocked because sometimes I'm not even seeing faces, right? Because we're not, we can't require them to turn on their video, and we we can't require for them to put on a Facebook like a a picture, some right. kind of profile. And so we're staring at a screen, not reading the room, and Jeez. so we don't know, we don't know if they are liking, you know, if they're liking what we're saying. And so I what I did feel like I was talking to myself and sometimes they would, you know, jump in and say something or put something in the chat room and mention something. But I didn't know until I started getting letters back and comments that said, oh, my God, I'm so grateful I have you. And I was like, yeah. oh, my, thank God that I made that connection because I was so worried about that. Sounds like, yeah, I, I know that empty space you talk of. It's like being a DJ and not knowing if people are listening. <laughs> <laughs> In my case, they weren't. I'm glad in your case they were because uh, yes. you have way more valuable things coming out of your mouth than I ever did. And uh, oh. I'm kidding. Thank you for your time, though. It's been very in- in- insightful, and this is exactly what I wanted to just learn and hear, especially with you up and running, and it sounds like you're taking the extra steps needed. And yeah. as a parent, it's just uh, virtual steps needed, should I say. And as a parent, it puts my mind at ease knowing that there are educators such as yourself out there. Thank you. Thank you. And, yes, it, it means that we have to – Call them later or set up a video separately. So right now I'm about to contact all the kids that have not turned in or checked in with me. I now have to, like, go check in with them sure. and see what's going on. But, yeah, thank you for being a supportive parent because there's yeah. some parents out there that are ready to, you know, throw this, throw us to the wolves sometimes. No so way. I, I know that, and that's why I think <laughs> this is important, and it's so great to talk to you, and thank you for what you do. Thank you. All the best. So it's uh, David Buse, who and you, you teach over at Southwest High School. It says here in the South Bay, which is a highly impacted zone when it comes to COVID. Are you back up and running virtually as far as teaching is concerned right now, or are you set to start soon? Uh, so we actually started on the 3rd, and we are back in the, uh, we're back in the classroom uh, virtually, and so uh, we're, we're, still, we're still settling in. It's, it's week number two. Yeah, and how's it been treating you? My son starts the 31st over uh, with San Diego Unified, and as a parent, I'm a little nervous, but uh, you're, you're the one in the hot seat. How's it as a teacher? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can, I can say, I can say it's, um, it's definitely much improved over the spring. Sure. I think uh, we've had some time to, to adjust, and um, I know that um, in the Sweetwater District, we've done a number of um, – We've done a number of, of professional development um, and some training on some of the new technology that we can use with, with students. And so it's, it's, definitely, uh, it's definitely better than it was back yeah. in March and April. Of it course. was pretty rough. Yeah, and that's been the consensus no matter what school you know, or institution you're part of or whatnot. Now, how has it, uh, what's the reaction with the, like, how have the students responded? 
Well, I think it, you know, it really, it really varies. I still, um, I still am having a lot of issues getting students to um, to engage during the class sessions. Uh, in many cases, I can't, I can't necessarily see their faces, and so um, my teaching style is I kind of thrive off of the environment, and and it's uh, it's similar to being maybe like a Peloton instructor right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way that's, of putting it. Kind of how I feel. So, you know, I try to I try to be lively and I try to structure it so that we can we can get things accomplished. But you know, it is it's definitely you know students are still you know adjusting to it. So yeah. Now, part of my ignorance: Are you teaching full classes as you would if you were? in person you're just like standing in your house and referencing screens and <laughs> doing a full a full lesson yeah so so what um so the big difference between when i taught last uh last spring and now is that i have two screens on my computer um because you just can't do it off of a, a laptop you just can't manage 30 students at a time off of a uh, one computer screen and engage with them and see what they're talking about and, and and all of that. So I have two computer screens set up. I have one where I'm kind of managing the class, and then the other one where I'm I'm projecting the lessons and and discussing things with them. So today we tried um, to break out of uh, Google Meets, which is our our meeting uh, platform, right. into eight into eight separate groups. And uh, it was pretty successful. You know, the students were able to uh, to talk to each other within the, the subgroups, and uh, you know, probably as close to a, an actual classroom group situation as you could really get. Sure. Now I know it differs, you know, per household and situation as far as parents and their involvement. Now, in my case, I'm unemployed right now, so I have the ability to kind of oversee virtual operations while my kids are in school. That being said, someone in my position, do you have any recommendations for parents how to keep the kids engaged and doing the right thing during this unprecedented time, if you will? Yeah, so um, I think that probably the biggest challenge is making sure that students are, are there. Um, we're currently doing our, our normal attendance protocols that we would use during the during this a, a typical school day so if if I mark a student absent they they do receive a, a notification or the parents do receive a phone call and so um, that's something that's different from uh, from from last year so so students their parents are being notified if their students are not not present within the session got it um, and so, I'm usually pretty pretty lenient because I understand that, that students are, you know, some students have different connection issues and that type of thing. But I but I do I do monitor it and and if a student's not not there, um, then I do ha I do send that out. Yeah, it's fascinating. So you you really doing multiple jobs in addition to obviously teaching the curriculum. You're also kind of like a social or interactive manager and making sure that the users are engaging and uh, following protocol. That's a, it sounds like it's a lot, man. It is, uh, it is mentally exhausting compared to actually teaching during the school day. Like I a lot of, I think the impression is, is that, you know, the teachers are home and that they're not at school or not not engaged and that's definitely definitely that's not the case no. it, is, it is really it is really difficult to um to do and so we're uh, we're rolling out some some different uh some different tech so i don't know if you've um have you heard of flipgrid no so um you may see your your uh your son or daughter on that on that platform um essentially it's a way for kids to make uh short videos where they explain a concept, and so we've been using that as a way to uh, to kind of check in with them and, and and engage with them and learn a little bit more about the students because mm. you know, obviously you know at this point I would I would know a lot of their names and 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 be you know have my rapport with them and that's that's something that 
it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, how many classes do you have or students are you managing, for example, this semester? So, um, so currently I have five classes and I'm managing about 140 students. So um, it's about, about 25 to 30 students per, per class. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah, that's heavy. Yeah, and so, and I can't only imagine what it must be like to be like a physical education teacher and have 70 or 80 students (laughs) in a section. It's even more, even more crazy. Are you comfortable, more comfortable with this setup versus returning to the classroom at this juncture? Oh, that's, that's a good question. I would be, I would be willing to return to the classroom and my own personal my own personal preference. Now, uh, the Nestor neighborhood has been pretty, uh, pretty heavily impacted with cases. Sure. But at the same time, um, I feel like there we could take the the precautions necessary to um, to uh, to work with students. I don't know if we would be able to work at a full capacity. Uh, I think we have about seventeen hundred students on our site, so probably not that many. Sure. But but maybe smaller density or or a split schedule where we could see um, where we could see some of our students. I think that would definitely be helpful. And hopefully, in you know a couple months, we'll be uh, we'll be looking at this in the rear view. Well, wouldn't that be a beautiful thing, my friend? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm optimistic. <laughs> yes, I love your optimism, and I'm right there with you. And uh, thank you for what you do. And I hope I said it to the last professor teacher i talked to i hope that uh, my kids have teachers as awesome as you this forthcoming year great thank you chris have a great one buddy all right then got upset and she screamed out no it's off to the principal's office you go teach the children well Raina here over at Canyon Crest Academy High School. Teacher, you run the dance program over there. And how long have you been? Are you back in session yet? We are not. Okay. We head back on the 25th of August. All right. So it's coming up here like uh, like my kids as well. And how do you feel about, you're obviously doing uh, virtual learning, and how do you feel about it? Um, I feel okay. I, everything's really uncertain right now, um, but we did pretty well in the spring. Um, it was a real, it, it was a very fun challenge um, figuring out how to teach dance in confined spaces. Uh, so, um, and I've actually really enjoyed the challenge. I do a lot of inversions, like upside down handstands and stuff in my classes. So it's been fun to figure out how to keep those stationary. And the kids, I love getting to teach dance versus a, an academic subject just because I, I felt like I got to be their grounding point right. every week and um, just doing check-ins with them and keeping them connected to their um, bodies as well. So um, just I definitely feel like schools are kind of a hot spot for um, germs. So sure. uh, yeah, and also just we um, dance in an air conditioned gym and the thought of being in masks um, in the gym is is I just have to kind of laugh but um, yes I'm I'm grateful that we're starting uh, with distance learning for sure and yeah. you mentioned you've been at the school for 15 years what about yes. your colleagues are people eager to get back in the classrooms or you feel like the teachers are most comfortable with where things are at now you know, I feel like we, firstly, our school, we're pretty special, like staff. We've we've had some meetings, and I feel like we're all kind of on the same page. We're in it together. Every time we get together to meet, I get a little emotional. It's, it's just weird. And my department, in particular, the arts department, we're really close, and a lot of us have been there since Canyon Crest um, opened. And so um, I, we're all kind of on the same page, not, not quite ready to go back. Um, I have heard a couple of different, different opinions, but I'd say for the most part, everybody 
it's feeling kind of the same. Well, I appreciate yeah. what you do, and I thank you for your time. And uh, keep those kids moving, and keep them connected to their bodies and their and their minds healthy. And uh, thank you, very insightful stuff. Absolutely. Well, and thank you. And again, like you, just keep on keeping on. You're kind of a celebrity in San Diego, so um, just thanks. It's, oh, it's such a privilege to talk to you. Oh, so. please. I don't look at it. myself that way for what it's worth, of but I appreciate you, you saying that. That's really no, cool. and I, I I know you don't. So um, that's rad. You're 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 a cool human being so well, i feel the you, same way shows, about so. you and thank well, you for thank reaching you. out and being a, a part of our community and talking to me absolutely thank you so much for your time all right stay safe all right you too bye bye joan was quizzical studied metaphysical science in the home the weekend at the college didn't turn out like you planned the things that pass for knowledge i can't So there you have it. And as you heard, most teachers are in support of virtual learning. Yeah. You know, the, the one was like, yeah, I'll go back. But the majority are like, no, I'm, I want it to stay this way. Right. And that's understandable when your health is on the line. Of course. And you got parents sending kids to school. You don't know what they're carrying. Right. And you don't know if parents are going to be responsible. I totally get it. And now... How do you, did you know any parents in your kind of crew or group that, that want their kids to go back? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yes. Wow. That's surprising. Okay. I've got an ex-girlfriend, as a matter of fact, who moved, straight up moved out of California so her, her kids can start school. She, really? She moved to Alabama. Really? I swear to you. So, so. Just so her kids can start school. Okay. And I've heard that from several people that are moving to different states just so their kids wow. can start school. Locally, though- yeah, we actually got into it with our neighbors the other day. I didn't get into it, but I was overhearing the discussions and I had to stay quiet because one of the moms was like, yeah, you know, if you're a parent and you're just afraid, you have the option to keep your kids home. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> you know. So it's just, they're thinking it's not like f- based on science, it's fear. Yeah. yeah. More on that. What about, what's your experience I mean, been? I'm not a parent, so I can't speak. Of course, I would probably be more on the like, yes, send them to school end yeah. of things. But if I was a parent and uh, if kind of the, the new normal, quote unquote, was my kid would have be having to wear a mask for like eight hours or a shield or whatever, I, I would not. I would probably keep them at home because it would be really important for me. Like I wouldn't, as much as I do believe in masks here and there and stuff, like I'm a very, I wouldn't want my child wearing a mask for See, like that's eight how hours I at feel. a time. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. I remember during the pandemic, but you were saying though, do you have friends that feel like they want to send their kids back right away nope nope it's so weird no and i think i feel like like even my my friends up in la seem to be very like um precious i'm not (laughs) in any rush to send my kids back no No. way no i'm really not even though one of my my daughter's school is pushing to get them back in the class Mm -hmm. and my thing comes back to what you just said because i'll never forget the saddest and i'm not even exaggerating here the saddest i got during this entire pandemic, I remember it brought tears to my eyes, was at the height of, of the fear and um, when, when things started reopening slowly again uh-huh. and they let us back into stores. Right. And my daughter, who had spent three months in her bedroom, wanted to redo her room. So I said, when stores open up, I'll take you to like Home Goods uh-huh. and Target yep. and we'll start to redesign your room. And I took her with my wife. We all went to Home Goods. So this is a couple of months into the pandemic, and we all had to wear our masks. And I'll never forget seeing my daughter walking through the store, messing oh, with her mask, yeah. struggling to breathe, pulling it down below her yeah, nose, yeah. pulling it back up, messing with it every five seconds. I I, I could have cried. Oh. I could have cried just because seeing my daughter tending to that mask. Yeah, it makes it she, look like medical and surgical. Yes, then. yeah. It 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 just it it made me so sad to see her so uncomfortable. Not and of course they'll adapt and we all adapt over oh, time. Yep. 
I just didn't want to see it happen. Yeah, no. I don't want to watch her adapt. I wouldn't either. What I would probably do if I knew this was going to be. If she has to, she has to. Let me throw that in there. Yeah. But right now, if I can keep her home unmasked and take her into public when I need to, put it on, I will. Right. What I would definitely be into as if I was a pretend hypothetical parent would be finding like a group, like a little community of other. So say if there was other like four other moms or something like that and we could all combine our kids. Right. And I saw. I've seen a bunch of learning in Balboa Park. I saw what looked like an outdoor school or something. It looked like they were all sitting around like little ducklings. It was very cute. And their teacher was reading to them or I assume it was their teacher or someone was they had their books out and everything. And I'm like, oh, I would be totally down for my kid to do some sort of like outdoor science learning or whatever. So it wouldn't it's not the mixing with people that would make me nervous. Yeah, it's more the like. Um, I don't want them getting like disinfected every single time they walk in and out. Right. I, you know, we don't know the effects of that all the time. So it's, it's all more just like, yeah, it's, it's good it's to lay low for the for next me. couple months. So I just hope things get better. And I don't know what the answer is. I know. I know it kills me, too, that I have a son who's supposed to start ninth grade. And I think of my freshman year of high school and how profound that was. And as horrible as it was, yes. still, you know, oh, yeah. monumental. And knowing that he's not going to experience that. I know. Or other students, you know, whether it's their last year of high school or first year of junior. I don't know. It's just, it sucks all around. I know. And I'm on the I'm on the weird end of things where I'm kind of like, let the kids play. I, I was walking in Pacific Beach the other day and I saw all these like 20-year-olds just having the best time. And... I understand. They're, then they're going to go out. Then they're going to go to the grocery stores and get people sick. But there's a part of me that doesn't. I wish they could just live in this tiny little community yeah, and we know. could seal them off. Because I, 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 I don't I think get about mad it. about uh, No. Like, no, I don't get mad at them. It's more like thinking, oh, man, now they're going to all go out. That's the issue. But if they can oh, all promise to like, stay together, then yeah. The problem is what you said. But for me, and I'm sure you feel the same way. For me to get mad at them or judge them for their behavior would make me the hugest hypocrite on the planet. They, one group was barbecuing, and I was secretly hoping that they'd invite me over. Right. I was like, hey, hey can I join the party? Yeah. I'll get it from you, girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I saw so many like full-on tushies. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. Are you the kidding? Butts? Yeah. And I had my, even like I am, a, for the most part, heterosexual. And I had my sunglasses on and I was peeking at Oh, my at God. All. Yeah. I mean, it the was. Girls with the asses. Yeah. I've never seen <laughs> yeah, anything good, like yeah. it in my life. And that's why sometimes you're like, hey, maybe I'll risk some COVID for that. (laughs) If I was in my 20s, and that's my point. If I was in my 20s, I would be at that barbecue. There's no question. Me too. Which is why I can't condemn the behavior. Check the mic. One, two, one, two. The Cantori Show. Everybody feel all right? That sounds like our Meryl, all right. Meryl. I just heard our, our just past guest just called you a silver fox. Cantori. And what was her opening line? She asked if I dyed my hair. Wow. She's like, do you dye your hair? I'm like, no. She's like, that's natural? I was like, yeah. She's like, I thought you dyed it like blonde. Oh, man. You could have been a hairdresser. Maybe just trying to look for business or... I mean, no, no, no. Let me have this moment, Meryl. Let me have my moment. 